It's all things MMA. My name is Ken McGuire. This is Miles Price. How are you, sir? How are things? Hi, Ken. How are you? All is good. Thanks very much. Excellent. Uh, missed you last week. We're here this week to recap uh, the first of uh, the major um, UFC events of of twenty twenty one. The dust has the dust and uh, the dust in the dust has kind of uh, settled uh, on last weekend. We saw. Uh, a super co-main event in the debut of Michael Chandler uh, against number six ranked lightweight Dan Hooker. And then uh, the main event is the one that everybody was waiting for and the one that everybody wanted to talk about was Conor McGregor's return after uh, 12 months to take on former uh, interim lightweight champion Dustin Poirier, a rematch of their first encounter from September 2014. Um, let, let's just let's just start there. Let's just start with, with the main event. Conor makes his return. Uh, Dustin had promised that the event was going to be uh, quite different. Obviously, six or seven years between the fights, both men have taken very different paths. Um, uh, what What were your thoughts, having having watched it now? What did you make of the occasion? Um, I think, on first initial thought, I feel like that Michael Chandler was very impressive. Still hard to judge what way he's going to perform against a higher echelon of fighters in that division. I feel like that if that fight had gotten into it a little bit, he mightn't have had as, you know, I I think it would have struggled a little bit against Dan Hooker, to be honest. Uh, Well, you can't take it away from him. He did very, very well. And, you know, tomatoes, tomatoes, win by an inch, win by a mile, he still won, you know? So. Uh, but it would like it be it would be nice to see him with a little bit more cage time and see how he actually fares out skill wise over the duration of yeah. the whole match. Were you were you surprised were you surprised in any way by by Dan Hooker? I mean, the last couple of fights we've seen of him over over twelve months, he had the the big five rounder with Paul Felder. Uh, he had that massive bout last summer with with Dustin, so he's he's well capable of going deep into three, four, five rounds dishing out as much damage as he takes um but seemed to never really seem to to make any kind of a start against chandler he hasn't fought those guys don't have the same knockout power as michael chandler so i mean dustin and felder they they tko people with usually an accumulation of strikes and yeah they have had their ko's but i mean Chandler is kind of known for his one-shot KOs, so yeah. I think that was the difference. Okay. Um, well, from let, let's park, let's park in for a minute because he's he's part of the ongoing conversation. You move into the main event, and you've got Connor and Dustin. Um, when we spoke about this before Christmas, your thoughts at the time were something along the lines of, "Okay, first time they met, it was done and dusted very quickly. You can uh, you can say as much as you want about it, but you were going for the same result at the time. It'd be McGregor to get out of there uh, early, and there wouldn't be much, and there wouldn't be much of a change. And then when the round got started." we saw there was a bit of a change, at least tactically, uh, from Dustin, and he'd been working with Mike Brown and it, bringing in those uh, low calf kicks and, and taking McGregor's legs and McGregor's stance away from him, introducing the, the wrestling early, that early takedown, get him up against the cage, a lot of work in the clinch, uh, and then things started to change. What did you, what did you make of the encounter? 
Um, I think I like delving into the psychological point of view because I think yeah. it has such a I think it has such a huge part to play in performances, especially McGregor's performances. You know, McGregor is um, try is meshing two worlds now. You know, he knows his personal life can't take a toll. Is taking too much of a toll for his uh, his ego now. You know, he can't yeah. keep acting like that anymore because it's actually going to ruin his life. And I'm very impressed by how he carried himself, to be honest. I feel like that he's very gra- grateful, expressing a lot of gratitude, um, very humble. You know, I think that that actually has had an effect on his performance. And I feel like that Dustin has just gotten better. He's bigger, he's bulkier, he's more durable. Um, and the leg kicks did ha- play a factor. And he just pulled the trigger at the right time. And I think Connor needs a couple of fights to figure out who he is as a fighter again now. He's fought so many years, like being the trash talker, psychologically breaking people down, being emotional, being a bit out of control. Now he's in control. He has it together a little bit. He's more grateful. He's more put together. You know, I don't think he's even used to that. You know, He's not used to that side of himself. And he's probably dealing with a lot of guilt as well. You know, he's donating to charity a hell of a lot more now. So like, I mean, that shows to me, it's signs of feeling bad, like signs of guilt of the things that he did in the past, you know, and he's probably dealing with that shame and that guilt, but it's, it, he's okay. I think he's able to tolerate it a bit better now. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's he's blossoming into a better human being. I've never had an issue with, with, uh, with I think Connor's one of the best athletes to ever come out of Ireland, and he's done great things for the sport. I've always had an issue on how he's conducted himself and how he's presented himself and how he acts as a person, you know, and it's just not good. And it's not good as influencing others as well. And I feel like he's taken a step in the right direction, but he's going to have to go through a painful transitional period, you know, in order to become this better person and this better fighter as one unit, you know what I mean? To become one identity psychologically. Yeah. Like pain comes with it. Suffering is optional. So if he can't deal with the suffering, he might, you might see Connor turn back to the way he was before and just go fuck it again. But hopefully he, he bears through the suffering of the psychological change. Yeah. And he turns whole and he and his skills catch up with this new psychological personality change he has so i remember i remember when we were when we were doing the 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 rambling rhinos recordings kind of two and two and three years ago uh we had a we had a big look at mcgregor's kind of psychological profile at the time and it was uh i don't know if you you had you might have kind of referenced it as a kind of a like a, a a robin hood type of a syndrome or something along something along those lines where if if he was going to do something big he would have to make that change now in the as as in that that switch from effectively becoming a in in wrestling in wrestling terms it might be becoming changing from that heel where you're always kind of trash talking and bad mouthing people and one thing and another to becoming that face character where it's like okay do you know what here's a, here's a really nice guy you're not quite at like Stephen Wonderboy Thompson levels of being super nice but you know you're 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 migrating that way it was an interesting viewing when you're when you're talking about the psychology of it looking at him in the 
in the press conference in in the immediate aftermath of it I don't know he might have been like 15 20 minutes out of the cage and they're changed and showered and suited and straight into face the straight into face the media and he couldn't quite quantify or or put a word on how he was feeling outside of being gutted he'd referred that look it's a, it's a bitter pill to swallow but he wasn't actually sure if he was if he was upset or not he was like normally he'd be raging or he'd be snapping but it's just like okay i took the loss uh now now what do i do yeah i feel like that he started developing uh, a lot more thinking in yeah. regards to what he does and who he is not as the fighter you know but as the actual person the person that he's developing into a person that a person that he wants to be. Yeah. And he realizes that that person isn't necessarily the fighter. They're all one unit, of course, but they need to collaborate with each other in order to actually, you know, grow. And his emotional intelligence is just growing now. You know what I mean? That feeling that he hasn't got a sense of how he feels is just a sign that he's in the development of emotional intelligence. Where he has a lot of emotional awareness, he knows that there's something there. Mm-hmm. He's a great sense of feeling, but he doesn't know what the, he's not emotionally literate. You could say he couldn't he couldn't say what that is and then pinpoint how to express it, and that's what he's struggling with. So it's just a sign he's in a transition of forming his true identity. You know, okay. I think I think that I think that if it collaborates together over time and he does it in an organic way. He's going to be he's going to really really set some new records and he's going to represent the way he you know what i mean he's going to make a big impact on this on the sport more than he did before and impact people's lives in a much better way than he did before too uh well that's 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 a that kind of that's it's an interesting one that kind of takes us on onto onto the next part of of that conversation is is where does he go to next there's no denying that um, and now that the now that a couple of days have passed, we've been able to see things like pay per view numbers, where we know there was, uh, I think the early reports were like uh, 1.6 million buys for the pay per view. There's no denying that his draw and the attention and the attraction for him is there. You come off the back of the Khabib loss. If you're just looking at it on a kind of a mathematical side of things, you're not taking in the superstardom or, or anything of particular fighters. You come off the back of the Khabib loss, um, and now you you factor in the uh, you factor in the loss against Dustin. When you start to put things down on paper, you're like, okay. Um, so for for fighters who have you know the wins and need to keep going for titles, they're going this way. For fighters who don't have the wins and aren't starting to factor into the the title fight, they need to go another way. So we're probably going to see Dustin fight for the lightweight gold next, whether that's against Charles Oliveira, whether that's against Habib, if something does happen there, whether that's against Michael Chandler, as was suggested. I don't think that's going to be the case, but that that may play into it. Where do you see Connor going from here? If he's going to get himself back into the 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 lightweight title side of things are you looking at him having one or two other fights on the lightweight side or maybe two or three other fights from there or is his path to go well let's let's look at the Nate Diaz side of things there's a trilogy fight there let's look at the Dustin side of things there's a trilogy fight there the good-natured Conor McGregor might go with the Dustin fight 
again it's there's no trash talk there's it's all it's all been very very respectful and very super respectful can a can a new humble respectful uh emotionally intelligent uh conor mcgregor go down the nate diaz route where it had all been trash talk and mouthy mouthy and it, it was like one particular character version of him and another particular character version of him or do you ignore it all and just go okay well look i want to fight give me anybody and and let me get my time in and let me get my wins in or and does that then kind of degrade where degrade where he is or start to remove some of that star power the way I, the way i see it he wants to fight another three or four times in 2021 he wants to get really active he wants to get time in the cage i don't know if the ufc are going to book him as often as he wants to because they need to preserve the the kind of the cash cow and build something up but i'm not totally sure what they can build i think the ds3 makes sense winnable fight you know he can fight at lightweight with nate and it makes a lot of money it's kind of a win-win across the board to be honest with you i do not think a fight against dustin again is going to be good for connor i feel like that there's one thing i noticed with connor as well is the connor that i'd like to see and i think that would do well in the lightweight division is the is the bulkier connor that came in against eddie alvarez you know mm. he he looked small compared to dustin like dustin looked a lot bigger than connor i felt you know that has been refer- that has been referenced all right where uh, I, i've seen i've seen some commenters say that he looked maybe it was chelson was it chelson saying that he he looked scrawny that McGregor looks scrawny when he when he got in against Dustin, and if you compare Dustin uh, previous, or if you compare Dustin at lightweight or at featherweight to Dustin now, even at lightweight he has really filled out. The neck is filled out, the shoulders have filled out, the back is filled out. He's he's he yeah he's bulky looking. He's bulky but not limited. I think that I think that Connor focused a lot on conditioning and forgot about how much size would play a factor in his fight. To be honest, you know. Yeah. And uh, I just I feel like that a, a fight that makes sense is against Nate because it's winnable and it's going to make a lot of money. And you know, <laughs> it would probably bring out it, it would definitely be more along the sides of like you know bringing out that old Connor again. Though that's the only thing against Nate, you know what I mean? And yeah. there's kind of there's kind of specs of that when it's brought up about Habib, if you've noticed as well. Anytime Habib's brought up in conversation. You can see that old Connor come back a little bit, you know. Yeah. It's a sensitive topic, like there's no doubt about that, you know. And um, yeah, I, I don't think Habib's going to come back now, anyway. Um, yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I was uh, hoping to. Well, Javier was uh, after the time we jumped on with him. We were talking about going to Dagestan for a camp. Yeah, and I was hoping to drag you along to that as well. Actually, <laughs> you remember we were talking about. We were, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, doing a blog and all. So I would have liked it if he came back, but I would have loved to be part of that camp. But I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, definitely not. Like I don't see any reason why he'd be coming back. I think it would be. I think he'd come back to fight Kamara Usman in welterweight. But for Connor now, I mean, he might fight Eddie. Al- he might fight Michael Chandler. Like I mean, that's a winnable fight. Like Con- Connor isn't. You're not going to knock Connor out. Like, yeah. You know what I mean. But Chandler is such an such a high caliber wrestler. But he has fought guys like that, like in Sh- in Shad Mendes. You know what I mean. 
And I feel like if he bulked up to the Eddie Alvarez version, he he probably he probably finish and knock out Michael Chandler, and he definitely beat Nate Diaz one hundred percent. But to jump back in against Dustin Poirier, it's not going to happen. And from what Poirier was saying after his fight, he might even fight Dan Hooker. Actually, come to think of it, that's a pretty good fight too. That's a very sellable fight. Connor and Dan. Yeah, that's a sellable fight. Yeah. Because it's like, like Dan hasn't lost his credible name in regards to being a barn burner fighter. Mm. You know, still, like, you know, there's so what? He got knocked out in a fucking minute. It's the fight game. Like, can't take that away from his previous performances and the barn burners he's been in. Like, I feel anyway. And uh, in regards to Dustin, I feel like that he said, what he, from what he was seeing, the highlights of his post press conference, he was saying that. It doesn't make sense to fight Michael Chandler, and it just doesn't. You know what yeah. I mean? It doesn't give him any any drive. It's probably going to be him versus Charles Oliveira, and Connor versus Nate, Dan, or Chandler. I think you wouldn't see Connor versus uh, Justin or or anyone. I mean, that was a oh, that was Justin, a, sorry, that, that was a fight Justin. that was there a while back. It is, but. Tony Ferguson is knocking in the is knocking in the wings. I mean, he has got a lot. Of, I think I think that Tony is a lot more dangerous though than 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 uh, I think Tony has just a awkward style, isn't he? He's so weird. Like I think he'd have the same issue with, and even more so with. Do you know the way like styles make fights? Yeah. Connor said it himself, and it is the truth. It's completely the truth. You can be a a ten losses one win guy go in against a ten and zero guy, and just you're just so you're just stylistically completely the opposite to him, and you win. That's yeah. just a fight game. You know what I mean? That's the way it is. There's no guarantees. As much as we like to think of these mysti- mystical, unbeatable creatures, it just doesn't exist. Okay? So there's a lot of variables involved. So I feel like when you talk about guys like Tony Ferguson and Nate Diaz, they're just horrible styles for Connor. Like, and I think Tony is a more awkward, horrible style for Connor than what Nate is. Yeah. So yeah. Justin would be in that mix. I don't know if they'll throw Tony in with him. Okay. Well, it, it's going to make for an interesting lightweight picture for the year. So we have we have options. We have options for Connor one way, uh, one way or the other. If and again, look, it's all it's all speculation. If he goes and takes on Nate or takes on Tony or takes on Justin or takes on Michael Chandler or takes on Dan Hooker, and it doesn't work out. What do you think happens? So if Connor takes it on, any 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 anybody at all, and it doesn't work out. Oh God! Because um, I I have a feeling there was an awful lot riding, and there was conversations had somewhere in the background, and the plan had been that whatever happened between Hooker and Chandler, that Connor would at least beat Dustin, and then twenty twenty one would be looking ridiculously profitable for for the UFC. Yeah, that's gone out the, out the trolley now, isn't it? Just a small bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just a, just a Dane, tiny bit. <laughs> yeah, Dane is throwing his toys out of the pram. Keeping a cool face in the press conference as well. <laughs> cool, cool as. But, it, you know, food food for thought all the same. So there's options for Connor, Dustin. Uh, if Dustin gets Charles Oliveira next, should it be for the title? And just and just make just make that call. No, that's a, that's a title fight. And, I, and sorry, just to finish on that, what you were saying, 
I think that if Connor loses again, I mean, like, he might have to go to boxing. Yeah. So, I mean, like, like, I, oh man, that could be dead. You don't, you don't want to turn into a journey, man. Well, it, it, it kind of, it, it came up in conversation at the weekend. It was like, this is, this is, this is what happened with, um, this is what happened with Ronda Rousey. You get all those fights under your belt. Uh, you build up a lot of mileage. You build up a, a, her her title defenses might have might have extended a little bit more than than Connor's, but you get to that one loss and then you try and regain where you were and then you you wind up on the receiving end of whether it was Amanda Nunes or, or Holly Holm in her case um, to to start it off and then it was you know a nice little kind of fade into the background she tries her hand at, at wrestling you know she's she's taking time out from that as well at the minute boxing is boxing is an option but if you go for if you go for another loss technically you're 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 three straight now in chasing kind of major goals it makes it makes it kind of a long road back yeah i mean he does like he has to win his next fight he really does like you know what i mean and it's just not. It just wouldn't look good for him, like really, to to lose it because he, he's putting such high expectations on himself throughout his career, and rightfully so. Like, I mean, he's an amazing athlete, mm. but you know, people are. <laughs> it's almost like the right wing and the left wing concept, isn't it? Like Donald Trump can can make all the mistakes in the world, and then he does one good thing, and he's like, "Oh, praise the Lord! Look at look at Donald. He's done so well." And then when he does one bad thing, he goes back to the bad things. Like, ah, sure, that's like Donald. But yeah. Anybody on the left wing, it's like they do one bad thing and they're just cast to hell, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so there's no real middle ground here. Like you know, he has to. Unfortunately, that's just the way it works. You know, yeah. it isn't fair, but that's like you know, he has to. He really has to pull it out of the bag. The pressure's on now, and because uh, that's the that's where he's that's the pedestal he's put himself on, you know. And it's it's whether he'll break and take the easy road. And go back to the carnage, Connor, which will ruin his life and uh, will pretty much uh, his reputation with the whole of Ireland again. Or, well, he'll win. He'll win and be known as the greatest. Or he could take the longer road, take the risk, and you know what? Had a great fucking career. Who gives a bollocks? You can't feel too sorry for, for, for him. He's a millionaire, multi-millionaire. Fair enough. <laughs> Moving on from there. Uh... Uh, last weekend, um, we we were kind of speculating, or not so much speculating, but but throwing out the hopes in the last episode before Christmas, where we were looking ahead to twenty twenty one and talking about big fights that we wanted to see, and in one swoop, the UFC last weekend announced three of the big fights. Um, that we were hoping to see. Next up, they're going back to Vegas for a while. They're in the they're in the apex. Um, probably in a situation again where there's there's no fans allowed in the venue, um, but we have our uh, welterweight title fight that had been scrapped before between Kamaru Usman and Gilbert Burns. That kind of that's the next big one coming up in the middle of February. Any early thoughts on on that? Kamaru, I'd say you know, not, not the most exciting of fights, though, is it? Like I wouldn't be I wouldn't be in a rush to watch it or anything. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Was it Dan? Was it Dan Hooker has a has a win over Gilbert Burns as well from a few years ago? I need to check the. I need to check. Oh, he does. He locked him out with an uppercut. Yeah, I need to check. Right, uppercut as he backed up towards the fence. 
So Gilbert and uh, Camaro are headlining UFC 258, but 259 and 260 are are going to be two of the big ones for the year. So 259 is in the start of March, and this sees Israel Adesanya move up to light heavyweight to take on uh, Jan Blachowicz. We'll also see. Uh, we'll also actually, I think we'll see three titles uh, on the night. Amanda Nunes is booked as well to fight Megan Anderson. Uh, Peter Yan is booked to fight Aljo Sterling at, at bantamweight. Um, but we're seeing we're seeing Adesanya uh, move from middleweight to light heavyweight. Uh, we figured it was going to happen. Now that it is set to happen, and we'll look at it again down the line. But early thoughts on this? Oh, it is actually so hard to call that one, isn't it? It's hard to bet against Israel. It's like Connor when he was on the right rise, isn't it? It's just so hard to to to. <laughs> it's just he's so good at striking. Like you know, I can see. I still don't. I still don't rate his uh, his jujitsu. Don't rate mm-hmm. his jujitsu. No, I just don't because I haven't seen enough of it in competition. Can't rate anything. I yeah, haven't fair, seen. Fair and true. 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 Fair you know what I mean? Yeah. And I can. And I. I definitely rate his takedown defense because people have tried to take him down. But I've seen him get taken down. Okay. You know, seen him get taken down. And middleweight, you can spring back up like an alley cat. But unless you got your jiu-jitsu on form, you got to fight a little bit like Damian Maya, you know. You got to fight like, you know, threaten the submission from bottom. Be dangerous from bottom. Or Brian Ort- Ortega, do you ever see how dangerous he is mm-hmm. from his back? And that it, he might not necessarily be going for the submission, but he'll create that space to get up, you know? So it comes down to his tactics. Is he dangerous enough off his back to make that space? Because there's no doubt about it. If it goes anywhere into a lengthy match with that Polish leading powerhouse, he's getting taken down and he's getting pitter-pattered with Shale Sonnen shots for the five rounds. It's that simple, you know? Okay. And there's no way that Jan Bella is going to stand up and strike him for five rounds. He's getting taken <laughs> His ass is getting taken down, I'm telling you that. No, it, it comes down. It comes down to striking versus game plan of grappling, and you know how it plays out with energies. You know. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll get a look. We'll get a look at that one coming into March, uh, and then the uh, the last of the big events that they've announced for 2021 so far. Anyway, uh, we've got uh, we've got two fights that are booked, and we've got two more title fights for UFC 260. Presumably, this is going to be uh, in Vegas again. It's the 27th of March, but this is uh, Stipe and uh, Francis Ngannou, the second coming. Francis has has well earned his his way back in there. Uh, And you've just mentioned Brian Ortega and being dangerous from the bottom. He's going to get a crack at Alexander Volkanovsky for the featherweight title. Uh, at 260 so we've got two two more big titles up for a decision featherweight and heavyweight any early 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 predictions at this stage I think Stipe is going to be Francis again I think it's going to be pretty much the same can't really see uh, you know unless he does a DC on him I can see I can definitely see Francis knocking him out I mean I just think the percentages are lower that's all yeah. you know I think I think that Stipe just has more tools in his arsenal I uh, know I wouldn't be surprised if I heard that Francis knocked him out the next day. Yeah. But you know, I, I'd be more along the lines of pushing that it's probably going to be five rounds Norfest and he's just gonna take him down and beat him up like you know. So uh I think Brian Ortega he actually I think he might have a chance against Alexander to be honest. I, I like Alexander, I think he's a good champion. Yeah. But I do not think that he bet he won that fight against uh against Max, Max. Holloway. Mm. Man. 
Well, I, I mean, Max was on a lead, isn't he? So, so you know, absolutely on fire against that Calvin Qatar. I felt, I felt it's rare that I feel bad for somebody in a fight. And I legitimately <laughs> felt bad for him in that fight. I was like, man, you must feel you're just getting skilled here. Yeah, it, it 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 did get it did get to a point in watching it maybe somewhere in the third round going either please give us a reason that the fight has to be stopped, uh, but but he didn't the corner work the corner wasn't going to do it he wasn't going to do it, but when you see and it I I was chatting with Shane about this last week, uh, when you get to the point in a round where. Uh, okay so the the crowd volume is a lot lower uh, and microphones are able to pick up certain things that you can take the time out of like you're saying schooling somebody in all things boxing to have a conversation mid-round with the commentary team and proclaim that you are the greatest when it comes to boxing and you are the greatest when it comes to striking and I'm going to show you and I'm going to keep showing you and keep that back and forth and and um, uh for for all his efforts, uh, Calvin just just didn't have any manner of an answer. Probably the best we've seen Max Holloway in forever. Yeah, yeah, and may, again, is it stylistically the right match for Max? It looked like it, but I mean the way he performed over his last couple of performances. I like. I feel like he won that fight against Alex. Alex. Alexander yeah at least at least the second one anyway whatever about the, oh, the, the second about one the first no one. not the first one the second one for sure yeah. the second one he won uh yeah it's up for debate about how close it was it was very close but i still feel like he won that fight and um i feel like that brian ortega against volkanovsky Oh God, I don't know. I actually don't know who I picked there. If I was being honest, I'm really on the fence with that one. Like, I'm really, they're two, they're two very different styles. I haven't seen Volkanovski fight somebody that's like Brian. You see, yeah. you know what I mean? like Brian's very different, like how he approaches fights. So, will that will his striking come into play, especially his new unorthodox type of striking? Like he's he's fighting very different these days as well. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's just hard to know really in that fight. I'd be a hard one to call. Okay. With all of that said and done, anything in particular that you're looking forward to in in the grand scheme of things in 21, be it UFC side of things, be it Bellator side of things, Cage Warrior side of things, your own side of things. Uh. Not really. I'm just taking every day as it comes, to be honest with you. I'm enjoying the weekend fights when they come and just doing me all things MMA on a on a Wednesday or a third or a Saturday, I should say. Sorry, losing track of my days now. And uh yeah, just living life, Ken. So I'm not really looking too far ahead, just doing what's needed. That's it. Well look, on that note, uh for all things MMA for today, he's been Miles Price, I've been Ken McGuire. You can subscribe today. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You can check out the website scoreline.ie slash MMA for all things MMA. And we will be back to do it all over again next week.